When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Late Lunch on the cusp of the bank holiday weekend. Yes, we're off on Monday. Another long weekend and the weather guaranteed beautiful. This wonderful spell rolls on. In fact, I've been looking ahead and it's going for another week at least into next weekend. Isn't it just wonderful? It simply is. And the weather makes bloom. Yes, bloom at the Phoenix Park opened yesterday and in weather like this, it's even more magical. And I have tickets to give away to bloom a little later on in the show. I'm giving them today with my TV theme just after two. So if you can identify it, there's a pair of tickets up for grabs to bloom. And we're going to the Phoenix Park now to join somebody who knows what it's like to win gold. Because you see, yesterday she was announced as a gold winner for her wonderful A Breathing Space for Fingal Large garden. Congratulations again, Jane McCorkle. Thank you. Thank you very much. How many goals is this now? Nine or ten, is it? Uh, That's number ten. Wow, you're in double figures, young woman. (laughs) That's it. I'm done now. (laughs) Forget double figures. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. You're never done. My, oh my, this is a wonderful accolade. Such a large undertaking. Tell us about the thought behind this and and the whole uh, planning of it, please. Oh, well, the thought behind is about um, creating spaces or encouraging people to get outside into open spaces so that they, and there's there's more reasons to get out into open spaces other than just to get a bit of fresh air. You know, it's it's important for your mental health, but it's also really important for your physical health. So, like, if you spent, yeah, sort of 15, 20 minutes in a forest or in an open space, it can reduce your blood pressure. And it has just so many important um, you know, values to you as a person. So um, that, that was the theme behind the garden is to get people to realise that being outside under a canopy in an open space is just so good for you, you know, for your health. There's a vast collection of trees and plants in this garden. How many did I read? 3,300 oh, perennial three, plants. 3,300 perennial plants and our, our knees and backs know every single one of them, <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> But look, it isn't it worth it in the end when you see what you have created there. Well, I'm always curious, you know, when when Bloom is on, we see, you know, it's magnificent. But we don't see all the work that goes in for weeks, days, months, in fact, years beforehand. When did you start? When did you arrive at Phoenix Park to put this garden together? Oh, well, now we arrived in the Phoenix Park at the beginning of May, but we had been doing an awful lot of work beforehand. Mm. Uh, We'd done months of work before this. So um, this garden, actually, we designed it in 2019 and it was all to be about uh, clean air. So it was quite strange, you know, just before COVID-19, it Mm. was to highlight the importance of clean air and and open space. And and now it's so, so, you know, so important uh, to, to, to see come through. Yeah. So we had already sort of done a bit of a design and then we sort of brought it on a step further then, starting last December. And then we've been making things in the background since Christmas and sorting out the trees. And the plants have been being grown on for months mm. previous to this. Yeah, it's a huge, huge undertaking. And when you go and see this wonderful garden, if you're visiting this weekend, understand that, that it's in the planning since that time and all that goes along with it, bringing it together. The other thing yeah. to say is, this is very important, um, the materials used in building the garden are all recycled or upcycled from Fingal County Council's uh, yard. Yeah, well, what we did, not I'd say the majority of all the materials 
everything that we could use, we upcycled. So yeah. we had a day of treasure hunting in the yard and decided, why are we buying new material? Why can't we see what we have? Why can't we see what we can use ourselves? So, um, and if we can't use it ourselves, the material has to be of low cost. So, but we still have to give a quality product at the end of the day for people mm. to visit. So we spent a great day and we have things like old rims off cartwheels, um, old curbs that we were using. We have a bottle wall. And so different things. And so we've really upcycled as much as we possibly can. And the great part about it is that the garden itself is going to be recycled and turned into co- to a um, commemoration garden for people for COVID-19. Ah, oh, good on you. And that will be somewhere in the Fingal area, will it? Yeah, it, it will. It will be to be revealed by Fingal themselves. Um, but everything when it comes out of the park is going to be cared for very carefully between um, the Shackleton Garden and uh, other spaces that Fingal have, and then all the elements will be rebuilt at the new location. What are you hearing from people as they visit now and and they look around at that? Because this, as you say, has a a, a wider and far-reaching context. Is this something that, you know, in any village, town, city, place in Ireland community could be done? Well, yeah, it's just important to create somewhere where you've got a canopy, some trees, a quiet space. I mean, the, the, the basis of the garden came from the concept forest breathing, which is um, forest bathing, sorry, which is a prescribed practice in Japan where you could go to the doctor for high blood pressure or cholesterol or, mm. um, you know, diabetes or whatever. And they will prescribe that you go out into your local forest, leave your technology at home and sit there for 15, 20 minutes in quiet, in silence, and look up at the trees and in, 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 breathe in the clean air. And it actually will improve your health. So, yes, it can be done everywhere and anywhere, but there are so many open spaces for people to be able to go and visit mm. in every county, in every county. But the great thing with Singal is they have all these parks and amazing open spaces, and they really want everybody to, to, to know about these places and to go and enjoy them. You've a lot of trees in there, mature trees, oh, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, the mix you have there. See, so you have birch, pine, cherry, beet, so a, a lovely wide selection. Yeah, nice selection, and they all have different sort of uh, attributes as well. Like, you know, birch is great. It can take being in a wet space. Um, cherry, obviously, you've got the, the, the lovely flower off them and the good pollinator. We've got a dogwood, a large dogwood tree in there as well, mm. which is just lovely, and it's got lovely autumn colour. Mm, yeah. And pine. Pine is coming back in fashion, thank goodness, because it's a great tree. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. I can actually smell it. Yeah. <laughs> Even when you yeah. say the word, I know yeah. I know indeed what it's all about. Now, this is number 10 for you. You've, you've won Best in Show in the past, of course. Too. I forgot to yeah. mention that. Um is the excitement as, uh, you know, palpable with 10 as it was with 1 or 5 or 8, you know? The as nerves. I don't know if the excitement <laughs> is the word I'd use. <laughs> it's nerve-wracking. <laughs> I decided I've, I've come up with a new one. I've decided I don't want to suffer from FOMO anymore, fear of missing out. I'm going to embrace JOMO, which is the joy of missing out. From <laughs> <laughs> I think my... My back will appreciate it too, yeah? <laughs> You've kind a new phrase today, Jomo, yeah, instead yeah. of FOMO. I love it. I, re- I really do. Look, it, it, you're part of a team, of course, as well. We've got to mention everybody yeah. who, you know, uh, contributed to this wonderful garden and make, yeah. made it happen a- as well. And, of course, to say that we're chatting to you because you've hopped across the county border. You're in Ashbourne, yeah. of course, in the <laughs> county am. of Mead. That is where you are based. Um, yeah, yeah, look, yeah. It, it's a wonderful success. It really is to win gold with the large garden at Bloom is a magnificent achievement and look well done to you I've been looking at the pictures and that it's absolutely stunning beautiful congratulations again Jane thank you you very much and I hope everybody enjoys the show ah they will they will it's wonderful thank you for taking time to chat to me bye 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 Bye. that's Jane McCorkle there from Ashburn she's a landscape architect and horticultural consultant winning gold for large garden at Bloom and if you're going to Bloom Ah, it's just wonderful. And the weather adds to it, as I said. I have a pair of tickets to give uh, away. Thanks to Harp Renewables and Jerry and the crew there. They were with me a couple of weeks ago on the show and they're giving us a pair of tickets for Bloom. I'm giving them away uh, as the prize today for my TV theme competition, which is coming up just after two in the show. Stay with us for that one for the Bloom tickets. Short break and after the break. I'm just sad to be doing this today. I look forward to every show. I look forward to everything I do. But we're really down 
in uh, the studios today, myself and Louise and Karen and everybody who knew him, because you see, you probably heard the news, Roy Taylor passed away yesterday. But uh, we're going to remember Roy in a moment. Louise messaged me around tea time yesterday to say, did you hear the news? Roy Taylor has passed on and my heart sank because he was just the loveliest, loveliest man. He really was. I interviewed him several times on the show. And Louise, it's fair to say that smile every Mm. time he had just that lovely, warm Mm. smile, hadn't he? That infectious what do you say? You know, love. You just couldn't but love the man. Mm. You know? And he was so witty. He was oh, so funny. Such a sense of humour about him all the time. Always. Even if, you know, towards the end when he'd be sending texts or emails, mm. you could actually get the sense of fun and how nice he was yes. in the words, yes. which is a rarity. And I, I was just looking. He emailed me up until, I'd say, autumn of last year. He was in touch with me, you know, mm. uh, Roy. And he was just, as you say, he, he used email and text message and that to, to be in touch Twitter. with then at that yeah. stage. So, But I, th- I was still shocked when I heard the news devastated. that he had passed away. Mm. I really was shocked. He was so well known in this neck of the woods. Of course, living in Dundalk, in the Drogheda area, the Weaver's Pub, the Weaver's Pub of old. He was a big and regular performer there in the D Hotel in Drogheda. I remember seeing him performing there. But of course, he was well known for Eurovision and jumped the gun Mm -hmm. uh, when they uh, did us proud in Eurovision here in Ireland. But he was just a wonderfully Mm -hmm. talented man, musician, raconteur, family man, father, dad. He was just so nice. He was so nice. And would you believe it? It was only on Sunday my mother-in-law was down and she was talking about Charlie Bird and I was saying, oh, wait till I tell you about this man. And I actually brought up the video and of the song he Mm. he did and I played it to her and she's like just telling how remarkable a man he was. Mm. He was. And when diagnosed with MND, he did everything to help others and kick off more research and funding for research in the future. Thinking of people down the line, just not himself, you know what I mean? And he probably knew deep down he wouldn't see the day when huge progress would be made in uh, discovering a cure for it. But please God, it will someday. And Roy Taylor has left his mark. Now, I want to remember him today. We'll, we'll do a longer feature on him, I promise you, down the road. But for today, I want to go back to a chat we had on the 5th of December 2017. He hadn't been diagnosed with MND at this stage. He was actually in here talking about Alzheimer's and raising funds for the new Alzheimer's Centre in Drogheda Trader Lodge, which is there now and is built. And Roy Taylor contributed to that. He was here with the wonderful Colm Riley and Louise. Colm died last year. The two, Colm died last year, who was accompanying Roy here. And he was putting on a Glen Campbell show to raise funds for the Alzheimer's Centre. And here he is with me on the 5th of December 2017. And he sang a few songs. Here we go. I am a lineman for the county And I drive the main road Searching in the sun for another overload I hear you singing in the wire I can hear you through the wine and the Wichita lineman is still on the line. Oh, yeah. Ooh, yes, 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 indeed. Lovely, lovely, lovely. That's for Joe and Josephine, who both asked, would you sing that one this afternoon? Joe and Josephine, would you believe that song was rated by the Rolling Stone magazine as one of the top ten songs of all time? Really? Yeah. More memories of Glenn Campbell. Could you, for Siobhan, please play, Jerry? by the time I get to Phoenix? Mm -hmm. Is it with you? Is it on the list today? It's on the playlist. You are so lucky. Here we go. By the time I get to Phoenix She'll be rising She'll find the note I left hanging 
on her door She laughs when she reads the part that says I'm leaving Cause I've left that girl so many times before By the time I get to Phoenix She'll be rising You know, that just makes <laughs> me so happy yeah. I'm so glad and smiling genuinely. Yeah, it's a great song. It's music, but that song, yeah. absolutely touching. I've been walking these streets so long Singing the same old song I know every crack, every dirty sidewalk and road Where hustle's the name of the game And nice guys get washed away With the snow and the rain There'll be a load of compromising On the road to my horizon But I'm gonna be where the light's Shining on me Ready, Jerry? Like a rhinestone cowboy Riding out on a horse in a star-spangled rodeo Like a rhinestone cowboy Getting cards and letters from people I don't even know And offers coming over the phone Like a rhinestone cowboy and cowgirl. <laughs> hey! Mr. Roy Taylor, accompanied by the wonderful Colm Riley on Late Lunch this afternoon. I'll tell you one thing. That's been real, <laughs> real fun, boys. I have to say, I've enjoyed so it, enjoyed the last half hour. So, it's Oh, wonderful, wonderful memories. And here is Roy with his daughter, with a song he brought out to raise funds for MND. It's called... Can't wait for tomorrow. On the day that you were born, I held you in my arms. You made my life a paradise, and all my dreams come true. With Every step I take I see your shining light Your morning hugs Fill me with love Your bedtime kiss at night I can't wait for tomorrow Oh, 
Taylor there with daughter Ella. Isn't it simply beautiful? Can't wait for tomorrow. We remember Roy today and extend our sympathies to his wife Lisa, his sons Adam, Terence and Aaron and daughter Ella. May he rest in peace. Roy Taylor, a wonderful, wonderful man. Today in the world, there are many challenges for all of us from the youngest age, especially because of this thing we call social media, phones and the online world. You know what I'm talking about. And when you listen to news and chat and radio and television and everything besides, I, I start to wonder that and think, our, is our resilience as people, as human beings, diminishing? You know, our ability to cope with everything that's coming our way. Well, we're going to talk about it for the next while with a man who knows how to train the mind. I'm delighted to say hello to David King this afternoon. Hi, David. Jerry, how are you? It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you so much. Not at all. I'm delighted to have you with me. Do you know what I'm getting at there? Maybe I didn't put it as eloquently as I should. Do you know what I'm, I'm hitting at there? I do, definitely. I, I think in today's modern kind of hyper-connected world, we're becoming very reliant on technology. And we're kind of losing what I call our, like our natural intuition, our good feeling. Um, like the trust in ourselves. We tend to, we look to Google for answers. We look to the phone for answers instead of kind of tapping into what we already know, what's been there for centuries. And we lack trust in ourselves and our decisions and our choices. And it's, um, it's kind of, it's creeping in over the years and it's becoming a lot more um, transparent now since the pandemic um, and people are kind of struggling with life. Mm. And you are a mindset coach. You're somebody who helps people with this resilience. And, with you know, I often say we live in our body but exist in our minds. You know what I'm talking about too? Yeah, 100%. Um, I often say as a mindset coach that the most scariest place in the world for people is actually being alone with their own thoughts. So when we jump off that speed train of life, when we take time to breathe and we put the phone down, we... We listen to our internal dialogue and sometimes it's not a great place because we question ourselves. We have um, what I call poor self-talk where we we kind of, I, I would call it um, like self-battering. We put mm. ourselves down quite a lot mm. um, and it can be the worst place for anybody to be, like a dark place. And not for everybody, not for everybody, but for a lot of people, we when we sit down in that quiet space, which we don't do often enough nowadays, um, because we're so distracted, we're in that kind of autopilot mode that we don't really take time to reflect on our life and get a good like bird's eye view of where we are. And we can go into that anxiety, depress- depression and the darkness and kind of clam up and, and stay behind that, um, that smile that we leave the house every day when we show up to work, we show up to school, different places, we smile and put on a brave face, but behind the closed doors of the mind, we may be struggling. And that is something interesting that you say, because that is it. We have this public persona, but privately and quietly, it can be an entirely different story. And we often say we don't know what's going on in people's minds or behind uh, closed doors. But would you and your work, you know, with your uh, mindfulness, the breath work, neuro-linguistics, can you, you know, really get in there and teach people what they haven't learned or forgotten or, or what has disappeared? Yeah, definitely. I think the, the first step for people is to is to take ownership. So we really have to look at ourselves and say, okay, um, I may I may be struggling here, and if we we can't really be helped unless we want to be helped. So if we say to ourselves, you know what, life is going too fast for me, 
and the kids are growing up, I'm whatever age, 40s, 50s, I'm stuck in the office job, I'm not taking time for myself and my mindset is struggling, what's life all about? And as you said, a smile can hide so a smile can hide so much like hurt, pain, stress, worry. And we all show up with what I call a stress shelf. So while I'm talking to you now, I, I carry my own baggage from my past, from my traumas, my wins throughout life, and it's all stacked up in what I call a stress shelf. So it's it's in there, bottled up in my chest. And you know when you take that breath in, but you can't catch it properly, you can't get in that deep breath. Mm. That's, that's stress. And when we strip back to and to basics and reflect on what time means to us. And that's, that's the most important thing in life is time because it's, it's all we really have. And it, the tick-tock of the life clock continues no matter what we're doing. But if we can take ownership and say, Do you know what, I'd like to spend more time improving my mindset so I can help those around me and improve my circle and have a better quality of life, we can certainly, um, through breath work, through meditation, cold water therapy, through reconnecting with nature, because if we think of, the way I see nature is it's an ecosystem. So your forests, your lakes, your mountains, it's all a living organism. And we are the same. Our body is, is, is really a living ecosystem and we need to nurture it. We need to reconnect and develop that kind of wolf mindset is what I call it. So we have more resilience and we have more compassion towards ourselves. We've, we've more love to ourselves and we need to take time and step off that train. Your life, you know, you lost your dad when you were only 11 years of age and that's very young to lose somebody who, you know, you are close to and rely on through your life and then you went on and found your way in life. You had a wonderful career in in the military. From that setback, did you feel when you lost your dad, you know, when you reflect on that time, was that something that you had to overcome that? Was that a huge challenge? It it was. um, And... You know, it's it's something that a lot of us experience. Um, as young kids, we may lose a parent or a loved one, and vice versa for parents who may lose a, lose a child or someone close to them. We can bottle it up, and especially as men, um, we can hide our emotions and we can we can carry on, um, and it doesn't affect us until later in life. And it's when we when we start struggling to make decisions or we start struggling with our with our, our mental fitness, as I call it, not mental health we actually realized that we may be stuck in that day. And for a long, long time, I, um, I had kind of a self-blame at my father's death because he was like most of the, the working men. He worked one, two jobs in order to provide for us. And I felt he worked too hard. Um, and I may have been putting pressure on him, even as a child, to, you know, I wanted good Christmas presents. I wanted to have certain things. And you can slip into that self-blame. And I did for quite a long time. And despite my um, very successful, and I'm very proud of my military career, a lot of the time I was hiding behind that bravado um, and I was I was quite dark inside for me where I had that self-blame, that poor self-talk. I, I didn't like myself and I struggled for a long time. And when I left the military, I had various different points in my life where I kind of, I had this realisation that I, there's, there's more there's more to come for me. I have more to offer in this world. And if, we, if we're lucky enough to get those realisations, we can kind of change our mindset and change our aspect. But for me, I didn't get help. I did. I, I won't. I can't say I was depressed because I never. I was never to a counselor. But I had a realization one day where I thought, you know, I'm I'm in a hole here, a dark hole that no one sees, no one can see me because I dug it myself, and only I can get out. So I, I made myself get out of that hole through perseverance, resilience, and taking ownership of my situation, and saying, you know what, I need to help myself here, um, in order to help others. And that's what I'm proud to say I do now is. I, I help others, I put the hand into that hole and if they want to grab hold of it, um, they can grab hold of my hand and I'll help them out. Did the military help you, you know, your your career in there? Because, you know, you have to find your way, you have to stand up for yourself, you're in dangerous situations, you served uh, um, in very difficult circumstances abroad as well. Did that uh, help with the resilience, did that build this for you, that you were able to then, when you finished up in your military career, take into a whole new aspect of your life? Yes, it did for sure. Um, the discipline, um, having that that brotherhood, as we call it, in there, and sisterhood of having people around you and support. Um, and I immersed myself in my career and my job, and I gave it everything, and I achieved everything I wanted to. But in, in a different respect, that hid the pain I was feeling inside. It did help me with my confidence levels, with my growth as a, as a man. Um, and when I did leave the military, I made a good decision to leave because I had two young boys, um, I, well, one and one in the way, AJ and Casey, and I'm engaged with Sandra, and we, we had a young family, and I thought, 
you know, it's time to try something new, to write a new, not a new chapter in my book, but a new line, a new verse, and to see what I can do. And I immerse myself in the, the learning of the mind and the meditation, the mindfulness, etc., the breath work. And I, I believe it gave me the confidence to push myself to have discipline. But unless we really want something bad enough, we, we will not be disciplined. Discipline finds us. We don't find discipline. So by working hard, I've got to a stage now where I believe I can help others. And I'm delighted to say that um, through hard work, I'm in a good position now. I'm in a great place in my life. And I'm, I think I'm living proof of, of what you can do when you are in that dark place, that you can come out of it. You'll never forget. And you, when we never, I don't like the term to be fixed because none of us are broken, but we'll always have those traumas in there. But when we learn to take positive acceptance, to accept them and to move on our lives and to have that um, positive attitude going forward, we can really, really achieve. And of course, you look after the physical fitness, the nutrition, and of course, the the mind. The mind is is a huge part of what you do. And interesting listening to you, you're self-taught. You, you, you self, you know what I mean, helped yourself. This You're very interesting from that point of view. Yeah, Um Again, it's down to that um, that mindset switch. And I'll, I'll give you a really quick um, way it happens. I was actually on a jungle patrol in Liberia with the military. And I took a walk away from the patrol for a couple of minutes on my own. And I, I sat down in the jungle. And I just had a, a moment of realisation of I'm part of the magic here. I'm actually part of the magic. I'm part of the stars, the universe, the earth, this ecosystem. And I've had a similar awakening, as I call it, in Glendalough, not too far from us, um, in Wicklow, where I was there one morning in the cold, icy cold lake, um, having a swim, nobody there, and I just thought, looking around, the enormity of nature, and I just felt part of that, and I said, if if we want to get anywhere, and if I want to improve my life, I can, only I can do it. Mm. Yes, I can reach out and get help, but in order to reach out and get help, I must make the first phone call, I must take the first step, and once you take the first step in anything, you can gain momentum and you can gain that habit and that discipline. And it's something that when I put my mind to something, I, I know I'll do it. And with myself and Sandra, we look after uh, children's fitness with Sandra's uh, fitness company. Um, and also we do the wolf walks and we do adult fitness and nutrition. So it's all about having that balance mm. um, of outdoors and looking after ourselves in the inside out. Yeah, the wolf walks are, are terrific. Uh, you're handy in the kitchen too if you want an Italian this is your man to cook Italian for you I'm a fan of yours straight away his favourite movie is it still Top Gun? it is of course that'll never never end (laughs) it's brilliant (laughs) it's absolutely brilliant yeah you are maverick for sure (laughs) Um, and uh, what about the handstands are you managing them? no do you know I actually tried the handstands and I I just said there I put my mind to anything and I developed the ability to do the handstands and then I moved on quickly to something else. Yeah. So I started doing a different type of training because I, I like to challenge myself constantly and not just like to stick with something and say that's me done. I like to move on and say what else, what else can I do? What else can my body do? Because we, we've we all heard the saying that we operate at 40% of our ability and our body's ability mm. but our minds can really push us to operate at 100% and very few people get there. They get, a lot of people give up when they, they find the going gets tough and as you said at the start of the show, that's where we are at the moment in this world, where people tend to give up and look for the easy option, look for um, a different avenue. Whereas yes. what I, I, I think if we, can, if we can blaze our own trail and carve out our own path, chop down the trees in front of us and make mm-hmm. our own pathway, we can, we can really impact other people in the world and we yes. can stand up and be shown. You're a sound man. Lovely to talk to you today. DavidKing.ie. All the information is there. I'll be back to you down the road sometime. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Jerry, for having me on. You're welcome. David King, thanks a million. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called... Comedy? Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On The Late Lunch. I love comedy.
the caustic eye of the late great George Carlin, but not today. Here George reminds us of the things we all have in common. So stirring up the shit is something I like to do from time to time, but I also like to know that I can come back to these little things we have in common, little universal moments that we share separately, the things that make us the same. They're so small we hardly ever talk about them. Do you ever look at your watch and then you don't know what time it is? And you have to look again and you still don't know the time. So you look a third time and somebody says, what time is it? You say, I don't know. Do you ever notice how sometimes all day Wednesday, you keep thinking it's Thursday? And it happens over and over all day long. And then the next day, you're all right again. Do you ever find yourself standing in one of the rooms in your house and you can't remember why you went in there? And two words float across your mind, Alzheimer's disease. (laughs) You ever been talking to yourself and somebody comes in the room and you have to make believe you were singing? (laughs) And you hope to God the other person really believes there's a song called What Does She Think I Am? Some Kind of Putz? (laughs) Little experiences we've all had. You ever been sitting in a railroad train in a station and there's another train sitting right next to you and one of them starts to move and you can't tell which one it is? (laughs) How about when you're out on a small boat on a windy day? You ever been out rocking back and forth for three or four hours trying to keep your balance, rough seas, little boat, then you get back into the shore and you're standing on the dock and you can swear there was something inside of you that was still out there rocking. (laughs) Did you ever try to pick up a suitcase you thought was full but it wasn't? And you go, and for just a split second, you feel really strong. Did you ever try to tell somebody they have a little bit of dirt on their face? You can never get them to rub the right spot, can you? Say, you got a little bit of dirt right here. They always go, we're here. Did you ever notice how awful your face looks in a mirror in a restroom that has fluorescent lights? Every cut, scrape, scratch, scar, scab, bruise, boil, bump, pimple, zip, wart, welt, and abscess you've had since birth. All seem to come back at the same time. And all you can think of is, I gotta get the f*** out of here! How about when you're going up a flight of stairs and you think there's one more step? And you go, and then you have to kind of keep doing that, you know? So people will think it's something you do all the time. I do this all the time. Same thing happens when you're going down the stairs. You could swear there was one more step. (laughs) Holy shit. My hips are in my chest. The Irish Legends Golf Series is coming to Seapoint Links just outside Drogheda from the 22nd to the 25th of June. It's only three weeks away now. Fantastic lineup of wonderful golfers. The course is just shaping up brilliantly. It's tough, I hear. As part of the series, it's just fantastic as well to understand that many celebrities join the pros and play as well. One of those coming is just one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. He's the former world snooker champion. He'll never forget 1997. He's a pundit and a commentator now on snooker. Ken Doherty, great to have you with us today. Yeah, it's a great pleasure. Well, Ken, this is not new for you because you've played in the uh, Legends before, the Celebrity Series. I have, yeah. I played up in a uh, beautiful course up in Rossapenna in Donegal uh, last year. It was my first uh, event with the Legends Series. Uh, Paul McGinley um, was the associated sort of uh, professional um, member there and also for for his charity and uh, all the charities that were involved. It was fantastic. It was a great day out. There were great crowds there as well. And I'm sure it'll be the same at Sea Point as well. I'm sure they'll turn out in their droves. It's a, it's a great, uh, wonderful area. There's some great golf course there. You've got Baltray just across the road as well, and I've played there a few times. But Sea Point is a beautiful course, and I'm sure there'll be there'll be great uh, attendances there for the for both the pro am and uh, for the main event as well. 
There will indeed. There will indeed, Ken. And I know tickets are going really well, but if you're listening to us today and you want to go along, legendstour.com. That's legendstour.com. All the details on the tickets are available there. Now, the course I mentioned a moment ago, Ken, uh, I have a personal uh, interest down there. It's tough. There's not a lot of yeah. fairway. The rough is heavy. Are you, are you, are you hitting them straight, Ken? I, listen, the last time I played there, the rough was so heavy, I lost my clubs along the way. <laughs> 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 yeah, that was... I'm not, I'm not, they called me uh, They call me Four Right in our Crucible, uh, in our WhatsApp group. My name is Four Right, <laughs> because all my drives <laughs> keep going to the right. So I'll have to hit it out to the sea to bring it back in, I think, or the other way around, whichever way I might be playing. But now uh, I'll have to keep it straight, yeah. Sometimes, I mean, even driver off the tee is not always a good idea, you know. But keep mm. it in play, that's the idea, you know. But I'm looking for it. I said I played it uh, before in a charity golf day a couple of years ago, Sea Point, and it was beautiful, I must say. It was really, it's sort of half links, isn't it, and half parkland. Yeah, that's it. The your front nine are more parkland-like, but when you get yeah. onto that back nine, by God, they are a linksy test, oh, that is yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. What do you play yeah. off? What's your handicap? I play off those little white tees, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 14, 14.2, so I'm only a bit of a hacker. But I've only, uh, I only get to play, really, when the World Championship finishes. I, I take my clubs out, dust them off, and I've been playing the last uh, few weeks now and uh, got the bug back into it and uh, been down on the driving range trying to iron out a few things. <laughs> iron out a lot of things, actually, but uh, we'll wait and see how, how it pans out. Listen, a 14 handicapper, I'm just going to tell listeners, I know is one of the most dangerous <laughs> characters in golf. And I know why you're laughing, because you know I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 can, I can put well, but I, 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 don't think need a, I don't think I think I need a golf coach to sort me uh, swing out. It's probably a surgeon I'd probably need, you know, to, <laughs> to straighten up your arms a little bit, you know, and keep them uh, tight to my body because they go... Yeah, they go like a bit like a chicken wing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. I must say, I love it. It's a great game, golf. You know, and it's technical. You know, one day you go out and play well. The next day, you know, you know, you can uh, lose about six balls. But it's a fascinating game. I love it. And all the snooker lads love it. You know, we mm. have great, we have great fun. Uh, during, particularly during the World Championships, we get out three mornings um, when there's no play on. And we get out about 7 o'clock in the morning. We're back for about half 11 before play starts at 1. And we absolutely love it. Oh, it's it's like it's like playing them at snooker, you know. It's like points of blood, you know, <laughs> every hole. But it's a, we have great banter with it, you know. Mm, uh, it's, it's, it is a fantastic game. It's a massive test uh, of an individual, yeah. as you know. But you guys, look, I talk about snooker players. Hand-eye coordination, the angles and everything. Yeah. Sure does stand you in good stead for the golf course. Ah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, there was a lot of similar... Um, Affinities, you know, with uh, with golf and snooker, you know. The last one I played in, up in Rossapena, when it was blowing a bit of a gale, uh, Packy Bonner came in with 41 points, you know. So all the sports people who play, you know, they, they all have that competitive spirit still. Uh, and there's a great array of uh, of talent uh, from other sports playing in the in the uh, Celebrity Series. So it's great to catch up with them. You mentioned Ronnie Whelan as well, and a few of the, few of the Liverpool football lads, and you have Keith Duffy and Brian McFadden. They're always uh, regulars at it. So, yeah, it's good out fun. And uh, as I said, when the crowd's torn out and the golf and the sun is shining, you know, there's no better place mm. to be than Ireland, of course. You know, we're very, very blessed with a lot of great courses. Oh, absolutely. The weather even at the moment. What mm. a country we live in, for sure. Yeah. When you're out there playing in the celebrity with the pros and with the, uh, you know, the galleries following you, yeah, what's yeah, it like? Yeah. More relaxed than the, the real keen competitive fair? <laughs> you say it's more relaxed, but I tell you, when you get on that fourth day <laughs> and there's people around you, you know, looking at you. Uh, you know, when I played down the pro-am in a dare manner a couple of times, not, not, not the last one, but the, the two previous ones where there was like, 40,000, there might be 5,000 on the on the first tee looking at you. I'll tell you what, that's just as nerve-wracking as playing in the Crucible, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Particularly when you're a hacker and you don't know where the ball is going to go. It's all right for the pros, but uh, yeah, but it is very daunting. But it's great fun, it's great yeah. fun. Yeah, once you get that first drive away, well, you're yeah. you're on the pig's back. Then. Uh, away you go. Anyway, yeah. you are coming to Sea Point with all those other wonderful names you mentioned oh. and more besides. And again, reminding people, it's the twenty second to the twenty fifth of June. It's only three weeks away at this stage. Um, coming back to the snooker, I, I follow it uh, intensely. I have to say, I just yeah. absolutely adore the snooker. And I think I get it from my mum, Ken, because my late mum yeah. was a fantastic snooker fan, and I'm I'm enjoying it. I think even more in the last couple of years. And what about 
about the new world champion, Ken, Luca Brissell? Unbelievable. I, I think this year, this championship this year was one of the most uh, engaging, dramatic championships, and probably one of the best championships we've we've ever had at the Crucible. I mean, we had so many stories. We had the uh, we had two one four sixes, we had two one four sevens, we had the protester, uh, and we had the wonderful comeback. Uh, from Luca Brissell against Ronnie O'Sullivan he won 7 frames in a row mm. he beat him from 10-6 down to beat him 13-10 and then in the semi-final I mean that, that comeback from 14-5 behind uh, unprecedented there's not been, never been a, such a bigger sort of deficit to come back from and win in the semi-final against CJ Wee who lit up the world championship himself the young Chinese boy uh, and then you had Mark Allen and Mark Selby as well and even the final it went right down to the wire almost and uh, Brissell was a worthy winner it was very refreshing for snooker he brought a lot of people uh, back to the game to watch it you know because it was so exciting just the way the Cavalier sort of attitude the way he played and uh, he was a breath of fresh air Luca Brissell and uh, yeah good luck to him he's going to be he's going to have a great year as world champion there's no doubt about it I couldn't have seen him come back against Sijawi to be honest with you but he he did it it was simply remarkable what about the younger cohort of players uh, Mm. as as against you know I even see Mark Williams is still there and of course you played him in a a world final It's, it's an interesting dynamic between the emerging and the established Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you've still got the triumvirate of Williams, you know, Higgins and O'Sullivan there, all, you know, 47, 48 years of age. Uh, but then you have these younger guys coming through, the likes of Lizowski, the likes of Luca Brissell, the likes of that CJ Wee, and a few more. You know, Corin Wilson is there. He's well established in the top 16. Um, and they're all in their, you know, late 20s, early 30s. So, uh, but also, I think CJ Wee, he was only, what was he, 21, 22? Um, he's going to bring an awful lot of young players to the game. There's no doubt about that. And I said, just the way Luca Purcell played throughout the championship uh, would have excited so many younger players around the country and around the world uh, back into the game. So it's uh, it's like, yeah, we have all we've new, we've sort of intermediate as well, which is which are great. Uh, so we've great, got a great eclectic mix of uh, wonderful talent on, on show. You have indeed, and lots to look forward to. From golf to snooker, let's hop to soccer before we finish. I know you're a mad... I couldn't let you go. Mad Manchester United <laughs> fan you are. Can you yeah, stick yeah. the finger in the eye of Manchester City absolutely, at Wembley tomorrow? Absolutely, absolutely we can. We're going to stop them doing the treble. They can't <laughs> do the treble. We did the treble back in 1999. There's going to be extra incentive for United and their fans, of course. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a one-off game. City are probably one of the best teams that's ever played in the in the, in the the Premiership. There's no doubt about that. One of the best teams in the world, just the way they play. And Guardiola, one of the best managers. But it's one game. You know, we've seen it happen before. We beat them at Old Trafford. Uh, and we've seen it in cup finals, you know, in yesteryear. You know, remember Wigan winning? Remember Southampton beating United at a cup final mm. as well? Wimbledon beating the great Liverpool yes. side? All those years ago. Uh, so it can happen. And um, if anybody could do it, Manchester United can do it for sure. Oh. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. An optimist. <laughs> An optimist. <laughs> I'll have to play the monkeys for you before the end of the show. Uh, for all Manchester United fans, you have to believe, of course, and it is a one-off game. The first ever Manchester FA yeah. Cup final is going to be a wonderful occasion. Anyway, talking about wonderful occasions, 22nd to the 25th of June, Seapoint Golf Links. Irish yeah. legends are there and Ken Doherty will be among the celebrities playing on the first day there. Tickets available from legendstour.com. Ken, you're one of the best. Thank you so much uh, for joining me my today. Pleasure. Look forward to C Point. Can't wait. Cheers, Ken. Oh, what a wonderful fellow he is. Such a funny man, entertaining guy as well. Don't play him for a fiver in golf. That's my recommendation to you as well. What a lovely touch that was by a bus driver in Dundalk the other evening. It was Wednesday evening. It was the 8 o'clock service, the 168. And when the bus came to pick up at the bus stop, uh, there was needs for a special needs bus, a bus that caters for people with special needs. What did the driver do? Back to the bus depot in Dundalk, change buses, got a bus that would uh, accommodate the person concerned, went back, picked them up and went on his journey. Well done, Mr. Bus Driver. That is a lovely, lovely story. Great touch. 
well done really pleasing to hear that real good uh, good sort that person the bus driver in Dundalk well done to you now they're known as the Bloom Girls because they're always at Bloom they are Sinead and Alethea Kavanagh are on the ground in the Phoenix Park for us today hi Hi, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Sinead, just remind our listeners how big a Bloom fans yourself and your daughter are. It's a bit ridiculous, actually. We're, this is our 14th year, and we come to Bloom for the five days every year. Every year? Yeah, every year. <laughs> Day after the five All five days? Come on. All, all five, five days. <laughs> and even said with gusto in stereo there by, by both of them. But <laughs> began this? How did it all begin that you became such devotees, Sinead? So, the first time we came, Alicia wasn't quite four, and we decided we were going to come. I'm on my own with her, so it's like doing different things, finding things to do, and we decided we I would have brought her up in the garden, planting things, you know, looking at nature and that mm. sort of thing. So we went to Bloom, and we loved it, and we loved it so much, I thought we need to come back up, because we didn't get to see nearly enough. So we bought tickets for another day, and of course, because it's Bloom, kids under 16 are free, so with my adult ticket, uh, I was able to bring Alicia. So we came up another day and we were chatting to people and Alicia got gifted some plants from some of the designers and they were letting her in to take photos. And we were gifted tickets then for another day. So we ended up coming for three days that year. And that was it. The following year we went, ah, yeah, we need to, we need the time to do this. So we just come for the five days every year. Do you get a season ticket? Do you know, they did bring out, we asked them at one stage, they did bring out um, a multi-day ticket at one point and they brought out a three-day ticket that you could get for Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So we did that one year, but they only did that for a couple of years and then they did away with it. So we have we have ways and means. So we have bought all, tickets for all five days. Again, Alicia is only coming up to 18 now. So mm. up to the, the, the last couple of years, post-COVID, pre-COVID, we always came on just one ticket. So yes. I had to just buy a ticket for my and Alicia was free. Mm. Um, so last year we we came, we did a little bit of work. So our tickets were organised for us. Um, and this year there's been a similar element as well. And we'll have one day that we'll purchase tickets for. But um, yeah, it's just, there's so much to see and do. We get mm. to do it in a relaxed way. We get to stop and talk to people and learn and hear from others and find out people around the country where they're coming from and what their bloom experiences are like. So it's just such a lovely, lovely event. We, it's just, it's a pilgrimage, isn't it, at this stage, Alethea? Yeah. Mm, yeah, let me talk to the young one there for a minute. Alethea, lovely to have us, have you with us on the show. From a young woman's point of view, you think of the show, you have the show gardens, you have all those selling the wares, you know, small producers from all over the country, you have the growers, and much more besides. What's your favourite aspect, or do you have a favourite part of Bloom, Alethea? I'm going to be honest with you. I think my favourite part is just the atmosphere. Right. When you go, there's just there's the flowers, there's the food. You see every all families, uh, big and small, sitting on the grass, having the food, talking, having jokes, and the farm animals. It's just all of it together. It just makes my summer, to be honest. Big chill all round is what you're saying to me, and that's the uh, the nuance. That is what it is all about at Bloom. Uh, what do you make of this? The weather is the thing, though, isn't it, Alethea? When you get weather like this, it's even twice as good. It is, but we had a few years there when it was, you know, a few days where it wasn't mm. great weather. And you know what? You pack sunscreen and wellies and you can jump in puddles and then get a nice tan. <laughs> so either way, it works out lovely. <laughs> Are you uh, enjoying ice cream there? Would they have any ice cream at Bloom, I wonder? Oh, I think they have a few ice cream vans. <laughs> they do indeed, for sure. Have you bumped into anyone you know, Alethea, in terms of people who are there selling or displaying or some of the winners? Well, I have to say, I have bumped into a few people. Um, the lovely Tunda has a garden. Tunda Perry, yeah, she's a garden for Global, for Gold Global. We're actually sitting in Colum Carty's garden at the moment. A super garden winner. Super garden winner from Ooh, Perennial Designs. Um, so we're sitting, we're going to have a chat with him now in a couple of minutes when we're finished chatting to you. Um, we were talking to, I have to give Tracy Hanby the shout out from Navin. She's looking after the, the entertainment on the, the old You Bloom stage. Um, there's been, yeah, loads, loads of people. We met a couple that we know from Connemara. I kind of stood and looked at them and went, what are you doing here? As if there's no right to be here. <laughs> Seeing people that you, you recognise in a different place. So they're up from Galway, from Connemara for the day um, on the train. So lots of people coming up on the train. Lots of people coming from all over the country. I had 50 women from all over the country for my network 
Cork Ireland group so we'd Kilkenny and Kildare and Wexford and Roscommon and Meath and all sorts we'd 50 we'd a lovely uh, business network and breakfast in the Country Crest um, marquee which was taste yes. catering so that was lovely so yeah it's just it's yeah, it's our pilgrimage. We it's just get such a pilgrimage. You are devotees. Five winners from La- from Meath, should I say. Jane McCorkle joined us top of the show with our yeah. best large garden, a gold medal there, and two from Louth as well. So we've picked up gongs for the northeast there at Bloom again this year. Listen, I let you away there. Lovely to catch the atmosphere. It runs till Monday. If you're up there, look them up. They're known as the Bloom Girls. Yes, the Bloom Girls Meath <laughs> MH. The Bloom Girls MH on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, and they, people see the photos. Uh, they have the number plates on to MH yes of course you can't miss them Sinead and Alethea Cabinet thank you thank you so much Gary, thanks thanks take care of yourselves you bye. too bye bye yes no, it's not Dennis the Menace, it's not the Magic Roundabout, it's not Teletubbies, it's not Mr. Blobby and it's not Bagbus. It's Mr. Ben. That's the answer I was looking for. A classic, Mr. Ben. Jerry McGovern in Kells is the winner of the tickets to Bloom today. Well done to you, Jerry. Congratulations. Enjoy. Let's do this now on Late Lunch. Last time this week. Five, four, three, two... One. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number one from this very week in 1997. And it's the biggest hit to date. And it was huge at the time. It was the most played song on UK radio in the year, in that year, 1997. And in fact, it gained that distinction across Europe too. It won a MOBO Award, uh, the Capital FM Award in London for the Best Single, and it was nominated for Best Single at the Brit Awards. Yes, the number one from this week, all those years ago, in 1997. It's eternal, and I want to be the only one. Yes, Eternal, I want to be the only one. This week, 1997, the number one in our top five countdown, and we'll bring you a brand new top four next week, the short week with the bank holiday on Monday. Let's talk sport to finish the show today, as usual, on Friday with David Sheehan. Hi, David. Hi, Gary. Let's begin soccer. League of Ireland this evening. Drogheda United face Cork City. A big game this towards the foot of the table. Drogheda... Two wins on the bounce. Can they make it three? Yeah, and Cork two wins on the bounce as well. And both of them, of course, having uh, had wins over Shamrock Rovers in the last couple of games too. So, uh, yeah, both coming into it on on um, on a good run of, of wins. And uh, as you said there, I suppose it would have been tagged as a six-pointer at the beginning of the season. Perhaps uh, many people would have fancied Drogheda, certainly, and Cork as well, probably to be down towards the bottom end of the table. So, yeah, a really big one for Drogheda. Um, I think what's five points between them at the moment. So, Drogheda can put a bit of daylight between themselves and Cork if they were to win. I read a, a preview of the piece in one of the Cork papers there during the week or of the game, and they said, oh, you know, it's not. It was Graham Cummins, actually, the former Cork striker. He said it's 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 not a must-win for Cork, but it's a must-not-lose. And... Um, that's probably a fair enough assessment. I think Drogheda would be pretty confident to form they're in at the moment. And even before they went on that kind of run of the last two wins in a row, they had been playing really well. They just weren't getting the results and they were down a few bodies. They're getting lads back slowly but surely. Um, so I'd, I'd tip them to get the win. Freddie Draper's in good form. Um, they're in front of their home fans. It'll be a packed house from the home perspective. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd tip Drogheda to get the win there and put a bit of uh, daylight between themselves and Cork. Yes, a uh, win would be huge. Now, Dundalk, I, I, I believe they've got out of the dressing room in Inchicore. Anyway, that's a start uh, before they head for Tallaght tonight and take on Jammer Grovers. Yeah, a really strange one last week. It was like I think it was after eleven before they came out of the dressing room last week, a quarter past eleven or so. Stephen O'Donnell kept them in there for a good hour and twenty minutes or something after the game, and spoke to John Flanagan on Sunday Sport last weekend. And I asked him had he ever been kept back after games, and he said, yeah, he had a couple of times, and there was a lot of shouting and roaring and fighting going on. Stephen O'Donnell said it wasn't anything like that at all. It was very calm. 
and they were just sort of seeing where they were at. It would have been very interesting to be a fly in the wall to see what was said because it's not every week that you keep a team back for that long. And I'm sure the St. Pat's staff were like, you know, any chance we can go home here, lads, you know? <laughs> but um, yeah, a poor, a poor performance um, from them last week against against 10 men. That happened to them earlier in the season as well against Shelburne. They they were a man up and they just couldn't make it make it count. So, you know, Shamrock Rovers tonight, obviously Drogheda beat them a couple of weeks ago. Cork beat them last week. So they're not on a good run at the moment either. It was all the, the, the Ferrari over the Stephen Bradley stuff during the week with his son and the abuse he got, which was really, really uh, poor from the individuals involved and cast a shadow over that result for Cork last week. But Rovers will be looking to just get their focus back onto the pitch and, and try and get a win. Dundalk, I think they'll be, they'll be Pretty determined to bounce back after that result last week. And I wouldn't be surprised if Dundalk came away from, from uh, Tallow with the point tonight. Uh, and the refereeing, we'll talk about that some other time. But I have to say, I've been, as you know, going to the games myself and it leaves an awful lot to be desired, the refereeing in the League of Ireland. It always has and continues to be of concern. But that's for another day. That's my own personal opinion. Anyway, on to Gaelic games. And let's begin tomorrow, Saturday, with the early game. One o'clock, Parnell Park, Mead take on down in the Talton Cup. It's a dead rubber, really, isn't it? Well, it is in a way. I mean, so far as they'll both go through, but the winner of this game gets a, a passage straight through to the quarter final, and they, they don't have to play next weekend. The loser has to play in a preliminary quarter final next weekend. So Mead will be looking to get the win, or will be hoping to get the win anyway, and give themselves a weekend off, you know. So that's the I suppose that's the carrot for the for the winners of this game. Yeah, an interesting one. I mean, I was just looking through the Mead team there earlier, and there's I think there's eight players who have single-digit uh, championship appearances. And a lot of those lads are are, low, are lower than five appearances in the championship. You know, obviously lads that made their debut this year. Colin Rourke, every time he speaks to the media after games, he's always preaching patience and he's talking about these lads that are coming in and they're new and they're settling in, which is all true. Um, but they, they, they're going to be up against it, I think, tomorrow. They, you know, looking at the... Looking at the scoring uh, so far, Meath, you know, they, they kind of, not that they struggled past Waterford, they got past Waterford and Tipperary, but Down looked a lot more impressive in their two games. They they put up big scores against Waterford and Tip, and they only conceded 1-6 against Waterford and 6 points against Down, or against Tip, rather. So you look at, you know, Meath, they conceded 1-14, for example, against Waterford. So that'll be my concern from Meath's point of view, is that they, you know, at the attacking end of the field, I think they'll do okay. They'll get the, they'll get the scores, but the other end, I think, is where they might have a little bit of a problem in keeping down quiet. Like down, put up two eighteen against uh, against Tip, two fourteen against Waterford. So, I I think Mead will be up against it tomorrow. It's the stiffest test they'll have faced this year, I think, and uh, I think down might just have a little bit too much for them. I hope not, but I think they might. Now, later tomorrow at Croke Park, I admire the way hurling restructured and here you have the Meath hurlers in their All-Ireland final, the Christy Ring Cup final against Derry tomorrow. It's just wonderful the way they have the three competitions in the hurling. I think football could learn from it. What about this and the Meath hurlers? What a great occasion. Yeah, we have to get yourself in Donal Oak to sit down for a discussion about uh, co- about competitions and different different tiers and structures and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're right. It's a it's a huge thing. And I mean, we saw you know anyone that watched the Carlo Offaly game last weekend would have seen how much it meant to Carlo to win the Joe McDonough. Like that was a, mm. a massive one for them. And their captain spoke afterwards like, yeah, look, we'll go into the All Ireland series and we'll have a crack. But this was our our All Ireland final and we really wanted to win it. So. You know, there's a lot of debate about whether teams, when they go up and stay up, should be kind of exempt from from relegation for a year and try and find their feet. Like Westmead were relegated straight back down to the Joe McDonough this year. But yeah, Mead, look, at they, they beat Derry um, by two points in the group uh, just over a month ago. So there wasn't much between them on that occasion. They're looking for their first Christie Witt ring since 2019. They've announced their team there earlier on. I think just one changing. Padre Hanrahan uh, misses out. And, and uh, so they've kept a fairly settled lineup. But they've... I think they've been improving slowly but surely as the as the competition has gone on, me and obviously they got promotion in the league and that was kind of to be expected. But Derry, you know, as I said there a couple of weeks ago or a month or so ago, only two points between them. It's going to be a really tight game again, uh, as it generally is when they when they play each other. So it's a it's a tight one to call Jerry, really, you know. It's it's there's very little between them. Uh, but again, a huge day in Croke Park for them. There'll be hopefully a big crowd there. And I think that the one positive thing about tomorrow is the footballers are on at one o'clock. The hurlers are on at five, so there's plenty of time. Never mm. mind Brendan Cummins getting from one game to the other. There's plenty of time for supporters yes. to get from one game to the other as well. So I look, I think me me to sneak it is my is my vote there, but it's it's going to be a really tight game, I think. So again, like always, it's going to just depend on who who puts in the performance and who can going to get the better of their nerves on the day and and come through that. But I'm I'm giving me the vote there. And then on Sunday, the All Ireland Round Two qualifier Loud travelled to Castle Bar to take on Mayo. They lost narrowly to Cork last week in an exciting game, but. But it was the one, as you said, they needed to get something from. Mm. Hard to see them picking up anything in Mayo. 
Well, it is for a number of reasons. I mean, Mayo, obviously, one of the top sides in the country, and they've been really impressive this year under Kevin McStay. Like, they went down... They went down to Kerry and got the win down there. Um, they had a good league. So Kevin McStay has sort of, it seems like he's put a real like new kind of dose of enthusiasm into the players. And obviously a few new faces in there, but he seems to be getting a bit more out of Aidan O'Shea than previous managers had done. It seems like a very happy camp. They're motoring along nicely. And it's quite apart from the, the kind of, I suppose you could say, the golfing class in terms of where the two teams have been operating for the last number of years, Loud have only had a week of a turnaround for this game. You know, they, they played Cork last weekend, as you mentioned, on Saturday, a really ding-dong game in Navin, played in very warm conditions as well. So they, they probably have done very little this week rather than just taking over. I wouldn't imagine they've done a huge amount of training, uh, just recovery from that game. And then you're straight into a game in McHale Park against one of the best teams in the country at the moment. So... It's very hard to make a case for, for Loud going down there and getting the result. That's that's obviously Sunday, 2 o'clock. We'll have it on Sunday Sport. Um, you'd have to you'd have to tip Mayo. As we said last week, Cork was probably the one that both sides, Loud and Cork, would have been looking to win to give themselves a chance of progressing. It's very difficult to see them um, getting a result down in Mayo. I, I hope that, that it's competitive and that they put in a really good performance and do themselves justice because I think that Loud team have been brilliant this year and I wouldn't want to see them going down there and getting a hiding. But uh, it's going to be tough for them. I, I think you'd have to back Mayo to win that one. And just before we finish, let me flip back to soccer. Mea culpa. Wimbledon, Southampton, Sunderland, <laughs> Ipswich, Wigan. Will Manchester United join those clubs? In beating Manchester City, is it? In a, <laughs> yeah, being an underdog to win a cup yeah. final, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's quite something when we're saying Manchester United are, are underdogs in a cup final. But yeah, um, the big one. Yeah, I, I suppose I saw Eric Ten Hag on the pitch last week, geeing up the supporters like, you know, we'll we'll go there next week and we'll we'll try and do it for you. But yeah, a, a bit like a bit like we talked about with Loud and Mayo, it's difficult to make a strong case for Manchester United. Like, you know, it's the old, as you said there, FA Cup finals, we've seen it down through the years. Shocks do happen, and it wouldn't be like the biggest shock of all time or anything if Manchester United were to win. But it's hard to see it, like unless City take their eye off the ball a little bit with the Champions League final on the horizon. But again, if both sides play to their ability, obviously City will win it. But mm. look, it's strange that things have happened that Manchester United could could nick it. But yeah, again, the, the smart the smart money on, on on that one is on Manchester City. So I think I'd have to go for Pep's boys to to bring home the cup. We'll see what transpires. Anyway, David, thank you as usual. Appreciate it each week, you joining us. Thanks, Jerry. No problem. Take care. Bye-bye. That's David Sheen. And remember the two League of Ireland games online tonight, lmfm.ie, on your app or online directly. You can listen to all of the action. That's it for another week on Late Lunch. Thank you all so much for your company through the week. We love it when you're with us each afternoon to our guests through the week. Thanks a million to everybody who joined us and to my producer, Louise Walsh. I couldn't do it without her. Thanks a million, Louise. That's it. Enjoy the bank holiday weekend. We're back Tuesday at one thirty. Take care. Have a lovely time. And we'll see you then. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.